Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. I'm Zach Van Norman with the Once Upon a Fan podcast, bringing you the latest uh, episode discussion about the season three finale. And of course, I'm joined by my fabulous co-host, Amy Hood. Hello, Amy Dolling. Hello. How are you on this fine evening? Really good. It's 80 degrees and sunny here in Seattle, and I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. So, it's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. It's way too hot here, and of course, I'm going through, you know, my once withdrawals, and I'm consoling myself with some leftover Easter peeps right now, because I'm kind of a peep addict, so. Oh, it looks (laughs) like the chat room is up and going. I'm glad to see everybody's making it into the chat room. Yeah, hello to everybody in the chat room. Just going to let everybody know that it is open. I actually um, tried to get it open a few minutes early this time so that everybody could join us um, on time today, but you may still be having issues with it. In the past, we found that it takes a couple of page refreshes before the chat room will open for you. So if you're finding that's the case, just be patient with it, and you'll be able to join us in the chat room here soon enough. All right, we've got a lot to talk about here. Um, We've got a two-hour finale that was up and down, all around, back and forth, and all kinds of things. And then we've also got a lot of news that we've got to go over, got some uh, some scheduling to talk about as far as the summertime goes and what's going to happen with the podcast. We've got lots to talk about, so let's go ahead and get on into it. Uh, the first thing that we want to do, of course, is remind everybody that we've got a lot of conventions that are coming up this summer, and the first one is the Spooky Mayhem. Amy, what is it? Uh, you have more details than I do for a certain reason. Yes, it's the Spooky Empire Mayhem, and we've been talking about it for a while. This is the one that I'm attending with some members of our staff, and we know that Lana, Perea, and Sean McGuire are going to be there. So we have the Outlaw Queen, and then we've got Rebecca Matter, who is going to, or who was our fabulous Selena Wicked Witch, and love her, and Lee Arnberg, who plays Grumpy. Um, I did want to let everybody know uh, that I've been talking to uh, Lori Mahoney, who was the person that helped us out and scheduled Enchanticon. So those of you who have been looking out for that information about the Enchanticon meetup, the way that it's going to work is we don't have an exact time yet, but if you attended Enchanticon last November, and if at SpookyCon you get autographs, from Sean McGuire, Lee Arenberg, and Martin Kleba, who is there as part of the Pirates of the Caribbean cast. Martin and Lee are actually doing a separate Q&A session during Spooky Empire, um, specifically, you know, about their careers and about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is a huge, huge franchise. And I know not only Disney fans love it, but a lot of our Oneser fans love it. But if you get autographs from all three of them can um, actually attend this special meetup with the three, those three actors that's specifically for the EnchantCon family, those who came and attended EnchantCon. It's just a little something extra, something separate. It's not affiliated with SpookyCon. This is through Aries Entertainment, the people who set up EnchantCon. So we'll have more details as that comes. So that's kind of something fun for us to do while we're there at uh, at SpookyCon with all of the fun things that are going on there. And that is just looking like a huge, huge weekend. I'm trying to wrap my head around it myself because I've got all these ideas for pictures and autographs and interviews and things we want to get done. So 
that's coming up in two weeks. And then, of course, we have Paris, which we've talked to you guys about before, and our editor and one of our writers are going. So we love, love, love Paris. And, Zach, you have the list of everyone, the one staff who are – or not the one staff, sorry, the cast that are attending the Fairy Tale Convention in Paris. Yeah, I've got that information here. It's going to be the Fairy Tales 2 convention in Paris, France, and the guests who are attending are Lana Perea, Emily the Robin, Robbie Kay, who played Peter Pan, and Sean McGuire, who plays Robin Hood. And I should say that Lana Priya plays Regina the Evil Queen, and Emily the Robin plays Belle and Lacey. So um, they're going to be in attendance in uh, June 21st through the 22nd. And we have, like Amy said, our editor-in-chief, Gareth Hughes, as well as our beta editor and Origins author, Teresa Martin, um, attending for um, Once Upon a Fan. Uh, very excited for them. That's going to be a really, really um, awesome convention. I would love to go to Paris. But, yeah, it's cool that they're going to be able to attend and take pictures with everybody and everything like that. So that's going to be awesome. And then the next convention that's going to be happening this summer is, of course, San Diego Comic-Con, which is July 24th through the 27th. I will be attending for Once Upon a Fan, doing the press room like I did last year and bringing you all the latest news. Um, hopefully we'll have some good interviews, lots of stuff about Season 4, and also you know, I'll be hoping to maybe step back and look at Season 3 with uh, the cast and talk about the, you know, the huge growth in the story and the characters and things. And I'm also going to have a try a little bit, have a little bit more fun with them this year. Um, there's a few things that I want to do, uh, a few ideas that I've had of things to ask a couple of them that I think would be really fun and something that I think Wonthers could really get into. So um, you'll see that later on. It's going to be a surprise when you see the interviews finally. But, yeah, just keep an eye on what's going to be going on for our convention coverage this summer because we do have a lot going on. Um, then I also want to make sure that we mention the Once Upon a Fan Awards, which have um, begun. Well, they begin on May 25th. And these awards are nominating the best in, you know, not only the series and the show, but also the fandom. It's your chance to, you know, vote for your favorite actor and actress and storyline, couple, everything like that. But we're also going to be recognizing a lot of people in the fandom who have done really amazing things, like um, Anthony Cavino, who runs uh, Charming's Angels and helps coordinate that with Katrina Tan. And then also... Um, you know, like the Ugly Ducklings, uh, a few other people. So we're just going to be recognizing just, the, you know, the fandom as well as the show that started this whole community of ours. So really, really looking forward to that too, Amy. I'm excited. How about you? I am too. I can't wait to see that. And I know that with the actor submissions and everything, you know, they, they see a lot of acclimates and things for that. But I'm really – I love to see – the, the fandom and the people that are just, you know, everyday average fans like we are who have really taken the opportunity with the inspiration from the show to do something really worthwhile and really fantastic. So that's kind of my favorite part of the Once Upon a Fan Awards is seeing people in the fandom get rewarded for, you know, showing their inspiration and helping other people and just doing really good things in the community. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be in um, a really good. Um, it's going to be really fun. I remember last year voting, and, and you know there are different rounds of it. So it's just like any other kind of award that you would vote on. It happens in rounds. So you know, all summer long will be, or at least for the month of you know, for May into June, um, it's going to be a month long thing. And then, um, yeah, June twenty June twenty ninth is when we will be announcing the winners of who won everything. So. Uh, pretty excited for that. Really excited to bring that forward for everybody. And then we've also got uh, Amy. I think you've got the next bit of news for us, don't you? As far as 
Well, we wanted to just remind everybody that oh, we talked before about the fact that I was getting going to go and get um, a once tattoo on my wrist before SpookyCon. I've had to put it off just because um, not I'm, I'm still definitely going to go do it, but I've had to put it off because Spooky is looking like um, I'm going to need a little bit more money than I thought I was going to need. So I don't want to get there and you know, be short-handed as far as getting all the things that I want to be able to do that weekend. So I'm actually putting it off just a little bit longer. I'm still going to try and do it before the convention, but we wanted all of you to submit your ideas for a Once Upon a Time tattoo art, and they can be super simple or they can be really intricate. It can be huge, can be small. It doesn't have to be on your own skin. You can draw it on paper, do a digital art piece, anything at all, and either tweet us or submit it on the Facebook page because we really do want to see all of your ideas. I know which one I'm getting on my left wrist already, but if you know we start seeing some really great art, which I know we will, I have not yet decided what I want on my right wrist, and I know Zach loves his Once Upon a Time tattoos, so. I definitely want to see everybody's artwork and kind of get inspired with something to put on my right wrist when I get ready to do that one, too. I do love my Once Upon a Time tattoo, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it to death, and I can't wait, actually, to add more to it. Mine is going to end up being a sleeve, actually, um, just because that, I mean, what this show has done for me personally is, is I mean, I, I think that it's worth putting it on my body forever um, as kind uh -huh. of a tribute. So I'm going to end up adding a bunch of things like uh, Rumpel's Dagger and Hook's Hook and um, like, you know, like the Blue Fairy's Wand maybe or something, or maybe she'll just be on there somewhere small. I don't even know. But it'll be, it's going to be something that I'm going to design. I have a lot of purple smoke going kind of in between stuff. And, you know, maybe Emma's yellow bug and a few other things. But, yeah, it's going to end up being a sleeve because, yeah, I absolutely love the show. And maybe it'll, like, it may start out as Once Upon a Time on my forearm and then go up into, like, maybe, like, actual, like, the Disney versions of everything as it goes up. I don't know. We'll see. It's something that I still have to get designed. So we'll find out. Um yeah, so as soon as I get that decided, I'll be adding that on to my own, to my own tattoo. But we do want to get everybody's ideas for, you know, if you were to get a Once Upon a Time tattoo, you know, what would it look like? You know, we want to see what you would want it to look like. Or if you have one, send us a picture of it because we definitely want to see it. So, yeah. Um, let me see. So we've got those things on the news. Okay, so we've got uh, – Amy, what should we do first? Because we've got two things left in the newscast, and then we're going to get into the episode discussion. We can either do – the first in our series of our summer survival list, summer hiatus survival list, that is. Or we can announce the schedule for the podcast. What should we do? Let's see. How about we do the schedule first, just to give everybody an idea of where we're going next with the podcast. All right, awesome. So as far as um, the summertime goes, obviously, you know, with the show being in summertime hiatus now, we need something to be discussing. So we're going to do what we did, just like with the winter hiatus, and we're going to be going back and watching um, older episodes of the show. Now, we've done a count, and we figured out that there are at least 16 weeks until August 31st, and then that's when we get into the month of September. Since we don't have the season four premiere date yet, we don't know exactly how many episodes we're going to be rewatching before the show comes back on the air, but we do have a minimum number of what we're going to be watching 
uh, we kind of planned extra. We planned out 18 weeks worth of, uh, of episode rewatches. We've done our homework here on this one, guys. And then um, there may be a couple of other episodes that we might be able to fit in there depending on the premiere date. So if you're interested, we will be posting this on, um, on our Facebook page, and we'll be kind of talking about it on Twitter. But with only 140 characters, it's hard to put that many episodes onto that tweet. So we'll, you know, we'll talk about it, but look for it more on the Facebook page. So here's what the schedule is going to be. Next week, we thought it would be a good idea to start out the summertime rewatch with Snow Falls because we just watched the finale, which happened during that episode, and now it's changed a little bit. So um, since during the winter hiatus, we already watched the pilot and the thing you love most, we're going to just go ahead and watch the next episode, Snow Falls, since we just kind of ended season three that way. Uh, so that's going to be next week. And which is, um, let me see, May 20th. Oh, the other thing, too, guys, we're going to be keeping the podcast on Tuesday nights. We're not switching over to Sundays um, because Tuesday nights are just the nights that work better for, well, for me personally. I have a work schedule that I have to adhere to, and Tuesdays are really the only day that we can do the show. So we're going to be sticking to Tuesdays. Um, so that's next week, May 20th. We're watching Snow Falls. And then the 27th is when we're going to be watching The Price of Gold, which is episode four of season one. Um, there were a lot of, you know, kind of monumental things that happened in that episode, I feel, as far as a few characters go. So I really wanted to watch that one, and especially because it plays into things that happened. Oh, yeah, it plays into things that happened during the um, season three finale. And you'll notice with the episodes that we selected that they do have something to do one way or another with the characters that are involved in season three finale, where we'll be going for season four, too. So that's why we picked these. Um, so we've got Snowfalls next week, May 20th, The Price of Gold on the 27th. And then after that, Amy, you want to tell them what the next two are? Well, first of all, I just want to say that I'm so excited by, by Snowfalls and Price of Gold. The next one is that still small voice, which I personally loved, loved. Up until that episode, like, I kind of liked Jiminy, but I really, when I found out that week's episode was going to be Jiminy-centric, I kind of felt, I remember hearing about it and seeing the commercials and being like, oh, I probably won't like this one as much as I've liked the others. Because by that point, I was really liking Rumpel and Regina. And then I saw that still small voice, and it instantly became one of my favorites. So I'm really excited that we're watching that one. And we're also watching, after that, Desperate Souls, which also, again, hugely excited because that is a, is a Rumpel-centric episode. and. That's kind of where we get to really get into his past at first. So love, love, love that. Yeah, I'm excited for that, too. And the dates on those two episodes are going to be June 3rd and June 10th for those two. So June 3rd is that still small voice, and then June 10th is going to be Desperate Souls. After that, the next two that we're going to be watching are True North, which is, uh, of course, the Hansel and Gretel episode, and I just I love that one too um, for you know for some reasons that I'll talk about when we watch it. And then after that, we're skipping over to Red Handed because that was just a phenomenal episode, hands down, one of my favorites of the entire show. I think actually it was just so well done. The reveal at the end, I remember thinking the whole time, oh uh, well, never mind, we'll talk about that too later. On. I don't want to say it yet, but yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to watch that one too. Um, and also, really quick, I want to step back to that still small voice and just say that that was the episode that actually hooked me into the show. Um, up and like, I loved the first two episodes. The third one, Snowfalls, I was actually it was the second one that that thing you love most that I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. And then Snowfalls, I liked. I liked Price of Gold, but then when it got to that still small voice and Jiminy's story, that was the episode that hooked me. So I can't wait to watch that one. 
Let me see. Amy, we've got uh, we've got three more after red-handed. What are they? Well, next is Heart of Darkness, which kind of has a special place in my heart because that's the one where I had been a fan since the very beginning, but Heart of Darkness is the first one I wrote a recap for, for Once Upon a Fan. That was when I got brought on to the fan site staff. So that's our next one. And then Stable Boy, which is more Regina backstory, which everybody knows I love. Huge evil regal and heartbreaking episode. So much evil Cora. That that evil Cora. And the ninth episode for this part of the rewatch is going to be The Return. Yeah, that's the return of the episode where we find out what happened to Balefire and the portal and everything that. So, um, which obviously plays into a lot with what happened on the season three finale. So that's what we're going to be watching for season one. And then for season two, we decided that we're going to be watching We Are Both for the first one because we already watched Broken um, during the winter hiatus. We watched Broken. So now we're going to watch We Are Both. After that, we're going to watch The Crocodile, which is where we finally got to meet Captain Hook and see the whole, you know, history of Rumpel being the crocodile and things like that. The next one after that, we're going to watch The Doctor, which is uh, the really good episode, actually, in The Land Without Color, where we find out more about Dr. Whale. So, yeah, stoked about those episodes. That's going to be really fun to watch. I'm looking forward to those. And then, Amy, you've got the next three after that, I believe, yes? Yep, the next three that we're watching, since we really wanted to dive into the backstories, especially this time with so much history going on, we're going to watch Queen of Hearts. We're going to watch The Queen is Dead after that. And, of course, we could not do this rewatch without watching The Miller's Daughter. And all three of those, I feel like, really go together so well because we've got the whole Cora, mm-hmm. the young Snow the whole background of them together, I, I feel like that those three just really link together well for that part of the rewatch. Yeah, I'm excited too because it, it does also play into some of the things that happened during the finale and, and even during season three kind of as a whole. Like there were, you know, it plays into what we just watched a few weeks ago in the scenes between Snow and Regina. So I'm really, really mm-hmm. excited to get to watch those ones too because um, like you just said, they're they're pretty much intrinsically linked with what's going on in the show right now. So pretty stoked about that. And then the last three that we have for sure that we know we're going to watch are Welcome to Storybrooke, which is where we see what happened after the first, the curse first happened. And I, I love that episode. It's one of my favorites. So I can't wait to watch that Thank one. Um, then the next one we're going to watch after that is Lacey. Um, and then followed by The Evil Queen, uh, which is uh, – the episode, The Evil Queen. We're not just going to watch a bunch of clips of, you know, Regina running around, you know, destroying people's <laughs> happiness if it's the last thing she does. Um, so those are the for sure. And those episodes are going to take us through to, hold on, let me get my calendar, through to September 14th. Now, depending on when the show comes back, whether it comes back, you know, like September 21st or the 28th, or if it even goes into October, like when it premiered in season one, you know, we don't know that yet. But we do have a couple of other episodes that we have set aside tentatively in case um, the winter height or the summertime hiatus does stretch a little bit longer. Tentatively, we may be getting to watch The Stranger, which is the Pinocchio episode from season one, where we find out who August Boos was. And then the other one that we have set aside is Selfless, Brave, and True, because you can't watch the beginning of the Pinocchio story without watching how it kind of ended. So those are the ones that we, that we um, picked. Sarah, just to mention... Um, 
the the scheduling on the website. I will make sure that we get it on um, Once Upon a Fan too, so that everybody knows that it's there um, ahead of time. And it will also be on Facebook. And I know you mentioned that too, but I just want to kind of reiterate that a little bit. And uh, let's see here. That pretty much does it for the the scheduling for the summertime. Now I do just want to mention really quickly that I actually need to look at my calendar. One, two, three, four, five. All right, everybody, I'm Kenny. Amy, um, like, why don't you bring up the next topic really quick while I look at the scheduling really quick because I have to tell everybody about it, but I don't want to hold up the show. We are working on some hiatus survival tips, some lists that we are going to put out throughout the hiatus to kind of show everybody what their favorite characters think are some interesting ways to pass the time and help you get through the hiatus. Well, each list is going to be from a different character's point of view. We do have the first one. It's a top ten list. And this one we wanted to start with charming because we know that when we start getting on a roll here, it's, it's going to be, you know, kind of everybody submitting ideas and we have a whole lot of things to get through. So we wanted to start with Charming. So tonight we have Charming's top 10 list of ways that you can survive the hiatus. The idea with the top 10 list is that all of the fans who get a hold of the list, and we're going to give it out here, we're also going to publish it on Facebook and Twitter, things like that, that you guys will send us pictures of you interpreting these in your own way or doing these things just you know, funny photos, things to help everybody kind of get through the hiatus together. Also, if you have ideas that are not on this list, like if you have something that Charming might do to survive the hiatus or suggest to survive the hiatus, then by all means, send us that and send us the pic too through either Facebook or and we'll make sure that we share it and get it out there too. So we want to try and stay connected as a once upon a family as much as possible through the hiatus because as we know, this is going to be a long, long time without any new once episodes. So we've got our rewatch, we've got our hiatus list, and we are ready with the first one. Did you want to talk about your scheduling first, Zach, or do you want me to go ahead and give out the list? No, um, go ahead. let's do the list first, and then we'll do scheduling, and then we'll get to the, uh, the actual discussion. All right. Okay, guys. The top ten list, charming plays that he says that you guys can help survive the hiatus. Number one is to slay a dragon. So obviously we don't have dragons running around quite as frequently as they do, so you can find your own interpretation. Number two, impersonate your sibling. Hmm. Number three, teach someone you love to sword fight. Number four, wake someone with a kiss. Hmm. Oh, well, now I have to put a little... Uh, caveat on number four, make sure it's someone who doesn't mind if you, you know, kiss them while you're sleeping. We don't want anybody getting arrested or, you know, getting in any trouble. Uh, number five is yell, hey, and then toss your sword. Number six, read up on what to expect when you're expecting the fairy tale edition. Number seven, give an inspiring speech to your subject. Number eight, swim the scenic waters of Lake Nostos. Number nine, tell someone that you will always find them. Tell them that multiple times and then tell them again, twice on Sunday. And number ten, 
conquer your fear and let your courage show. So we felt like these top ten things from Charming would be a good way to start us off as far as the podcast listeners and the once fandom. So that's your list, and I will post them. Make sure they get put on Twitter. Zach will get them on Facebook, and then you guys can have at it, and hopefully you'll be sending us your pictures, and I cannot wait to see them. Yes, we want the pictures. We want to see the pictures. <laughs> we are going to we are going to participate as well. So we want to see the pictures. Okay, guys. Yes. Like, we're going to make a whole photo album about it. It'll be a really fun project. We want everybody to get into. And if anybody that you know is a oncer and they don't listen to the podcast, get them in on it too. Like get as many people in on it as we can because then it's just like going to be such an amazing little like you know project that we can put together and then if everybody sends us their you know your photos and everything like that there's a way that i could work some magic and put together another really fun project so all i'm saying is you know send us your pictures because we definitely want to see them now i do want to um, step back to the podcast schedule for just a minute and i want to ask you amy what you want to do about this because the week that we are supposed to watch we are both is also the week that I'm going to be in, in San Diego. I won't be there yet if we keep, you know, we're to keep the show on Tuesdays. But uh-huh. we could do, like, I could do a live show from San Diego from the convention if we wanted to set that up. What do you all in the chat room, let me know in the chat room what you think about that. Would you rather, you know, do you want us to just do a normal show or should I, this is a stupid question. I should totally, we should totally do it live from the convention center. We should, don't you think? Yeah. I should just do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I, while I I'm there, like, okay. Okay. So that's yes. what we'll do. So the week, um, the week of July 20, the July 20th is the Sunday that it starts. Now Comic-Con is Thursday. It starts Thursday the 24th, which is the day I arrive. And then it ends on Sunday the 27th. Now, and I'm very excited because my birthday is the 23rd, and then I go to Comic-Con the next day. I'm so stoked. So um, I think that if, if it follows like it did last year, I should be talking to the cast on Saturday. So should we do it like Friday? Should we do the po- like a special Friday edition of the podcast? Hmm. I think we could. I mean, I, as we get closer, we can nail down a schedule, but I definitely think we should go ahead and commit to doing a San Diego Comic-Con Edition because generally Comic Con SDCC is the one where we get the sneak peeks for the next season. We get all the big announcements, so I think that people are going to be really excited to see what's happening that weekend while you're there. Oh, I know what let's do. I know what let's do. Okay, so let's do this way. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So let's do that like that week. Hmm. I wonder how we do this. I kind of want to do a podcast the Sunday after I talk to them, like the day after I actually meet them in the press room. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. when it's like when it's fresh, and I won't like you know. And obviously, I'll say <laughs> we'll figure it out, guys. I don't want to sit here and try and have to this battle while we're sitting here on the podcast, but we will figure it out, and we'll let you know um, probably on the next on next week's show because yeah, that's that's a quandary. Okay, so having said that. It is time, it is time, it is time to discuss the Once Upon a Time Season 3 finale, the first hour of which was called Snow Drifts, the second half of which was called There's No Place Like Home. So, Amy, my darling, are you ready? Are your engines going? 
Yes, I'm so ready to talk about these episodes. <laughs> Everybody in the chat room, you ready to go? All right, here we go. All our listeners, too, if you're not joining us in the chat room, you're just listening. Here we go. All right, so the finale starts out with Mickey Mouse. I'm not even yes. kidding you. I was like, it's Mickey. Like, I was so, it's ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous <laughs> that I responded that way to the mouse, but I did because I love the mouse. So what can I say? But I love it. I love it, too, and it wasn't even that hidden. <laughs> so it wasn't technically a hidden Mickey, but it popped, and I was like, ah, the mouse. <laughs> and so my husband was like, oh, my God. But, yeah, I thought that it was fantastic mm-hmm. that that they put that in there, even though it was kind of a heartbreaking scene. But, yeah, I loved it. Oh, yeah. I loved the opening. Was, yeah, it was a heartbreaking scene as we're watching a younger Emma, you know, obviously desperate for a home and wanting to find a home and find her family and everything else. And, the, you know, that was so sad. And young Emma is wearing red, by the way. I just want to point out that she had that red plaid shirt on. So it's just, you know. Just an observation. So then after that, of course, it jumps forward. And, oh, I just want to say this, too. What I loved about this episode is that it was actually a linear episode with only two flashbacks. It didn't jump back and forth. I really liked that a lot. It was a lot easier to watch, actually. Yeah, I thought that this was, I don't know, I liked the way, I liked the fact that both of these back-to-back really played out like almost like a once upon a time movie. And I loved yep. that there was no break in between. I That was one of the things that I wrote down was that they didn't like stop and do credits after Snow Falls. It was like commercial and right into title screen and, you know, into the next episode. So I love that right. they had it laid out like that. Me too. And Sarah, the answer to your question is yes, we're doing it as it happened because there's no other way to do it because <laughs> there was no flashback. So yeah, um, the episode starts out in the present after we see brokenhearted young Emma uh, jumps forward in time to present day and Emma's in the diner at the coronation for the new baby, of course, and she wants to know her brother's name and Snow and Charming tell her about the coronation and the whole process of that. And, I, and Emma had, oh, my God, this line was so funny. You're not going to hold about in front of the clock tower and present him like the Lion King, are you? Oh, Amy, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. I was dying. <laughs> I loved it. I was cracking up. That, that was, this, these episodes were really funny. It's, the writing, in spite of being such heavy material for these two hours, I really felt like the lighthearted moments were really hilarious. Like, we laughed out loud several times. Yeah, there was a lot of good stuff. Um, Is that real? Sorry. Um, Okay, so then after that, um, Henry is talking about apartments, and Emma kind of dodges the question, and... Sorry, there's like some breaking news I think happening right now, and I need to check something really quick. Hold on just a second, everybody. Breaking news? Like once part of time news? Yes. Uh-oh. Does anybody see any breaking once part of time news? The Zach must be seeing something that I'm not seeing. <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay, so... Everybody, I want to make you aware of something that you may see on social media that is not true, 
Somebody is posting a picture around of a, of a tweet from Adam Horowitz saying that Diana Agron has been cast as Elsa, but that is not true because I just went to Adam's Twitter page and there's nothing, there's nothing about that whatsoever. So if you see that on social media, that is false. It is not true. Um, so yeah, don't don't believe that story. If you're if you're in Facebook and you're in one of the groups, or if you see it on Twitter or something, or if it's on Tumblr or whatever, um, that is that is not a real tweet because if you look at Adam's page, it's not true. So just want to make sure everybody is aware of that because I'm seeing people already talking about it in certain places and the discussion is building up already, and it's it's too it's too early for that. So yeah, just want to let everybody know. Don't listen to that talk, okay guys? Just keeping everybody pressed the true news here because we know what's right and what's wrong here. That's our job. All right. So um, after Henry is talking about the apartments and Emma dodges the question, we get to see an outlaw queen date. Oh, my God. I was so happy. I could watch those two together for, like, an entire episode. Seriously. I don't know what it is. Like, they haven't really had a whole lot of development together, but there's just something about those two when they're together. I can't put my finger on it. It's just, it's magic. I can't say what else it is. I love them. They're so hot. <laughs> I can't wait to see them both at, at Spooky Mayhem this week. Oh, so ready, yeah. I, I promise I'll control myself. I was making a joke. I was talking to Zach. I'm like, maybe... When I'm talking to Lana, I'll just stand there and, like, I don't know, pet her arm and say, you're so pretty, like, over and over again, like a babbling idiot. But I'm going to try and, uh, you know, keep myself composed. But, yes, I love the two of them. I love Outlaw Queen. I keep calling them Lion Queen because of my Disney uh, thing. But, you know, I do love them together. That's a much cuter ship name. I think I'm going to switch to that Lion Queen. Okay, I like it. But, yeah, they talk about Marion and Daniel. And here's what I loved about this scene. Regina says, my first love Daniel was killed because of me, because he loved me. Oh, my God. That's the mm. first time she's ever said that it wasn't Snow White's fault. Yes. I think that's all part of that, her redemption arc. I think, yeah. you know, she's come really far. Yeah, I, I'm loving it. I absolutely adore where where they took her. And then, oh, my God, the way that it ended is just so, I'm so not okay with it. But we'll get to that later. And then Regina <laughs> tells Robin Hood about, oh, my God, dude. So Regina tells Robin Hood about Tinkerbell and the tattoo and how she ran and everything. But now, you know, she's so happy to have him. And it's just like, oh, my God, just marry him, you fool. Marry him now. So... Then we get the scene where Rumpel hides his dagger. I just want to point out that since red means power, it is notable that he is wearing a red shirt, his tie is kind of red, and he's got a red little decorative thing coming out of his pocket. And I say that because I don't know what the decorative thing is actually called. I know it has a proper name, but I don't know what it is. So it was red, of course, as he's hiding the dagger. And then Belle comes in with the dagger, and please notice that her bag was red too. And when he put the dagger back in it, he put it in the red bag. So there you go, okay? It's right in front of us. Like, even though it's a fake dagger, it's still, like, you know, it's, of course, from Belle's point of view, she does have the power because she's got the dagger. So there it is. I like right? that the dagger was kind of like Belle's engagement ring. <laughs> you know, she, right? uh, instead of an engagement ring, he, here, will you marry me? Have this, have this nice, sharp, dangerous object. 
Although it really does, you know what it really does speak though. Like Rumple is clearly cheap because the man has all kinds of money and he gave her something that he already owned. Like, dude, like spring for a rock, man. Don't be cheap. Your name is Mr. Gold. Come on, come on, Rumple. You're letting me down, dude. Come on. Okay, so after after that. Um, we see the coronation at Granny's, like it's actually happening, it's in place. And Grumpy starts out with the first thing we do is, well, or Leroy, but I'm not calling him Leroy because his name is Grumpy. So he, he starts out the conversation <laughs> and it's like ding dong and they talk about how she's dead. And then he talks about Aurora's monkey baby and how he wouldn't want to change those diapers. Oh, my. <laughs> I was so happy to see all of Team 7 back. So that means that none of our, and Adam Horowitz confirmed on Twitter, that none of the flying monkeys that were killed were any of the residents of Storybrooke. So I was really happy to see Granny and Geppetto and all those, these, the characters that are smaller, but they really make the show more, I don't know, layered, more deep, and they really give it a lot of heart. And, you know, the dwarfs, Granny, Geppetto, all of them, Blue, all these little these side characters. I was so happy to see all of them in the finale. Me too. Um, I love the fact that Adam said that the flying monkeys who died didn't live in Storybrooke. Well, that's great. We're just killing residents from somewhere else then. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's okay. Like, see you later, Charlie Bucket. Like, sorry, man. You don't get to play today. You were turned into a flying monkey, and, now, you know, no golden ticket for you. My apologies. Okay, so then, wouldn't that be so fun to see the Once Upon a Time version of a Roald Dahl book, like James and the Giant Peach or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Oh, my God. So fun. Mm, so, um, that would be great. Like, I really would love them to get into, like, a literature side of things at one point and get into, like, Oliver Twist and, like, you know, like, Victorian stories. You know what I mean? Like, I would so love to mm-hmm. do that. Anyways, um, Henry reads the baby, snowing story out of the book, which I thought was so cute. Um you know, and Emma comes over and she's like, I really have to listen to this. And, you know, they're recapping their love story about how, you know, he saved her life and then she saved his and Snow lived on the farm and just, you know, let everything go and lived on her own, which shows right there that Emma is a lot like her mom. And then Henry, yeah. um, Hook, blows, Hook blows Emma's cover about New York. Um, and, it, you know, kind of everybody starts asking her whether she's leaving or not. And Regina comes over, and she calls Emma Miss Swan for the first time in, like, forever. Mm. Yeah, Notice she that? usually pulls that out when she's annoyed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the setup, I think. It has to do with the way that the, season, that's with the, way that the finale actually ended. So we'll okay. get to that later on. So um, Hook and Emma, well, Emma leaves, and then Hook goes after her, and Henry, you know, gives him the book to show Emma to remind her where she belongs. And then he sees the light from Zelina's time portal up in the distance, and Rumpel comes in with Belle, and he says that it's open. Well, that's just fantastic. So Regina, <laughs> Robin, Rumpel, Belle, and Charming arrive at the jail, and they see that Zelina is gone. So Charming pulls the security tapes, and Rumpel uses magic to mess with it. Did you notice when he said, we need to get an upgrade, stupid Betamax? Yes. <laughs> I, I wonder like, how oh. many people, I want, like, I, right there, I can tell you that half of the audience got it and the other half didn't, just yes. because of the age difference. I'm telling you, I can, I'm telling In the chat room, how many people knew what he was talking about when he said Betamax? Let us know. 
All right. So, um, yeah, I want to, because I want to know, because I bet a bunch of people didn't get that. I laughed my butt off because back in the day, my like before they had released a bunch of the Disney, like, you know, classics or whatever on videotape, my grandma had taped, like, whenever they showed them on ABC or whatever, my grandma had taped them on beta, and when I was little, I used to watch the beta tapes. So it was, it was really? hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious Aww. that they were, like, super beta max. I was like, I used to play with the beta. I had one of those. So, yeah, oh, God, I'm dating myself. So then um, Hook finds Emma <laughs> over by the pond, that great pond that they've been filming at, and he asks her why she keeps running, and she says that she's looking for home, she talks about how she doesn't see her family in the book, that it's only stories, and how she'll keep running until she finds, you know, home, which to her is the place that when you leave, you just miss it. Oh, which I thought that was so sad. And then later on, when it came back into play again, I was like, oh, oh, my gosh, it's too much. It's too much. So, um, <laughs> so and Hook and Emma, they see the light from the portal, too. Like, they, like and at last I've seen the light. And then they go to Zelina's farm, and they get sucked into the time portal, of course, because why wouldn't they? And then they arrive in the enchanted forest of the past, and it's about the same time that Snow and Charming met, and they talk about how they're going to get back, and I loved Emma's next line. She was like, Emma's like, how would I know how to get back to the future? Who do I look like, Marty McFly? And then he's like... I love and then that Hook- they acknowledge that. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, so I almost just fell out of my chair. It's okay, we're fine. So after that, they're talking, and the hook is asking whether or not Marty McFly is some kind of wizard, and Emma's like, and I love that she's like, with the DeLorean, and he went back in time, and I was sad that she wasn't like, 1.21 gigawatts, like, because that's always the thing that I think of. Yeah, so um, that was hilarious. And then, let me see what happened next. God, where's my notes? Okay, so then um, they see Regina pull up in her carriage and wearing her fabulous coat and hat and all of the things. Um, and she starts threatening the villagers, and Emma says she's even worse without the sensible pantsuits. Dude. Huh. She's on no, fire. So then Regina reveals that she has a woman who is, you know, at this point, we know who she is, but her name isn't said in the episode, so it's a woman, and she, who is May Marion, of course, and she is the example of what happens when you help Snow White. And Emma wants to help her out, but Hook stops her, and, you know, you have to let things unfold because you can't change the future. And so then they steal some clothes, and they travel down the same road as where Snow robs Charming in Snow Falls. And Emma's, you know, they hide, and Emma sees Charming, and, you know, she's all happy about it. And she even says, too, that's Charming. And did you notice that she, in this episode, when they were in the past, she kept calling them Snow and Charming instead of, like, Mary Margaret and David? Yes, I loved it. I, I feel yeah, like I was, it was almost purpose because she was still, at that point, seeing them as just stories. She really wasn't making that this is my family connection yet. And I feel like, you know, she kind of got to that point at the same time when, you know, she got really emotional later in the episode. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but, yeah, Emma sees Charming, and she looks up to see Snow in the tree, you know, and, and I love that because she looks at Charming, and then she realizes that Snow must be in a tree, so she looks up, of course. And what I love the whole time, too, is that this, is the, this was the first time that this happened in the, in the episode, but it wasn't the last time that it happened. 
Emma was, like, trying to see Snow, like, trying to see her face, you know, like, trying to see her, and she couldn't uh-huh. see her. But then she breaks the branch, and Snow sees her, and she falls down out of the tree. And by that right there is how they change the future, basically, because Snow didn't rob Charming. He didn't take, she didn't take the ring. He didn't chase her. They didn't meet. They have done major, you know, major things. They have major consequences. Actions have Fat consequences, Emma. everybody. Yeah, I was like, oh, way to go, Emma. <laughs> I was like, I, I knew something was going to happen. I had a feeling it was going to be along that line. But I was like, oh, something so simple as, you know, distracting Snow White and uh, the whole future line changes. And you know what I thought was so funny about that, how it played in the Back to the Future thing, is that um, in Back to the Future – Marty McFly interrupts his parents' meeting because his dad falls out of a tree, like, when he's looking at his mom, and then yeah. Marty, like, moves him. And this time it was his mom up in a tree, and she made, you know, or her mom up in a tree, and she made her mom fall. Like, I thought it was just a funny kind of, you know, a twist on that, if you will. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was cute. I was glad, like yeah. I said, that they didn't make that acknowledgement with the whole you know, Marty McFly line, because, I mean, that was kind of obvious, and I thought it was really great of them to acknowledge it with a line thrown in there. Yeah, me too. Because then it was like, okay, you're you're at least admitting that you're doing the Back to the Future episode. This is good. Okay, I can dig it. It's all right. I'm, I'm hip with it. So after that, Charming and Abigail, they travel to Midas's castle, castle geez, which is gold, and Charming is like, it's so gold. And Abigail's like, after a while, you won't notice. And then she just kind of looks away, like, really bored. I, just, I don't know why. I just thought that was pretty funny. And then <laughs> Snow, Snow tries to barter passage from Blackbeard. And I'm glad that they brought back, you know, Blackbeard back into the flirt, you know, back into it. Yeah, I was too. I, I felt like he was not utilized enough in the episode that he was in, the Jolly Roger. I mean, he's so... I kept thinking that they were going to somehow tie in that he was the inspiration for the, the Disney version of Hook in our world because of the hair and the red coat and all that. So I was glad to see him again. Me too, because I feel the same way. And then uh, Emma and Hook, you know, well, Emma realizes they need to go to Rumpelstiltskin. I've got to say that earlier. And so they've traveled, and they're looking up at Rumpelcastle when he suddenly appears. And it was the moment that I've been waiting for for a long time. I was so excited to see what Emma, how Emma would react when she finally saw Rumpel as his scaly, you know, Rumpelstiltskin self. And her reaction, her, you know, just gaping mouth was absolutely priceless. I, I paused on it. I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny. I loved it. I love it, too. We actually have a screen cap of that exact moment on the Once Upon a Fan Facebook and all of the screenshots. And because, I mean, you kind of forget that she has not seen him in full-on rumple form until this point. So, yeah, it was a little bit shocking for her. It was pretty funny. Um, I might post that picture on the Facebook page for the podcast. So then Rumpel chokes Hook. 
And Emma's like, you know, you need to listen to me or you'll never see your son again. And she tells them about Balefire and the Curse and who she is and where they're from and that they change things. So they go to this castle and they're in the trophy room, of course. And it was so cool to see Emma in, like, a castle, like, in Rumpel's castle. It was like, oh, I finally, Emma's in the Enchanted Forest, like, the real Enchanted Forest, not the Korra-run, weird, creepy, post-apocalyptic Enchanted Forest, but the real one. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so then... It was stuff like that. Rumpel, and then Belle comes in. Oh, oh yeah. Well, first yeah. Rumpel asks why he hasn't killed Hook yet, and he says, let's just say we buried the hatchet. And he's like, yes, but why not in your skull? I loved it. Um... <laughs> Then Belle arrives, and she and Emma briefly talk, and I love how she's like, Belle, and she's like, do we know each other? And she's like, Mr. Rumple, the dark one, told me about you. And then she's like, did he? And he's like, no. Go away and read a book or whatever it is you like to do. Come back and clean later. She's like, you could ask nicely. And he's like, I could also turn you into a toad. And then Emma's like, it's a miracle you two fell for each other. And then she gets that look on her face like, crap, what did I just say? Yeah. I was like, easy there, Emma. You're going to change something else. Right. So then um, Rumpel asks who Emma's parents are. She tells him, and he says, you know, King George's son is wedding I just arranged. And then she's like, see, that's what I'm trying to tell you. That marriage isn't supposed to happen because the ring that he was going to give her gets stolen by snow. At that point, Emma sounds like a oncer. Emma was a oncer at that point. Yes. Look at her trying to tell somebody the plot of the show. <laughs> I loved it. I love when people ask what Once Upon a Time is about because so much has happened up until this point that you're like, oh, my God, just I can't even just go back and start at episode one and watch. Yeah, here's the thing that I've noticed about Once Upon a Time. Whenever I try to tell somebody what it's about, I basically have to explain the entire pilot. Yes. There's no other way. Like, there's no other way to get people to understand. There's just not. So, yeah. Um, let me see. Where was I at? Okay, so then Emma goes to show him the book, but Snow, you know, the Snow and Charming story is gone. And Emma says that they have to get Snow to steal the ring so that their story is back on track. Rumpel uses a crystal ball to get, you know, to find out where Snow is, which I love it. It's a nice touch frog. And then she tells Emma to fix her mistake while he figures out how to reopen the portal. So Emma and Hook go to meet past Hook. Hook meets with Snow, like current Hook meets with Snow and offers her passage in exchange for Charming's ring. So that's how they're going to try and get her to steal it. Meanwhile, Emma distracts past Hook with her tuffets, and he takes her to to the Jolly Roger while present Hook is still there with Snow White. So they knock out past Hook. So, yeah, so Snow leaves, and then present Hook knocks out past Hook, and then they go to Midas's castle to wait for Snow White, and Rumpel shows up and gives them invitations, and he changes their clothes, and he hides their identities. Now, my friends, my dear, sweet podcast friends who are joining us right now, and if you're listening later on, if you'll recall, I said way back when, way back when, that Emma, when we finally got to see her in a dress for realsies, that it would be a red one. Oh, how right I was. She wore that dress. Oh, she wore that dress. She wore the F out of that dress. That's what happened. She, oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you, the dress. The dress. The dress. 
And it was, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, Zach's going to be so happy. Did you notice that the crown, though, the little tiara that she had in her hair is the same one that we saw when Charming had that nightmare about losing her getting, and she was getting sucked into the portal? She has on the same headpiece. Maybe that was, like, supposed to be hers one day, and then it never came to be. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. It's Casto. So then they go into the wedding, and they greet King Midas as Prince Charles and Princess Leia. <laughs> I was cracking up. I loved that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I doesn't funny. know who those, those people are. Too funny. Oh, my phone is being stupid. So then um, Emma wonders why Snow and Charming are always talking about, you know, the the great, you know, dancing balls that they always had. And then she sees everybody dancing, and she goes totally silent. And Hook is like, uh-huh, you were saying. And then she's not sure what to do, so Hook leads her in a dance. Hook leads her in her first dance at the Royal Ball. My squad player heart was breaking. Yes. <laughs> I do like that she wanted to dance, though. I feel like as her, you know, she's she was on a mission. She's always very focused, and she's, you know, we've seen her wanting to go back to New York. She really isn't into the whole idea of this fairy tale life, and she looks at these, you know, dancing couples, and it kind of tugs at her hidden princess heart. I guess I like the fact that she really wanted to kind of be a princess for a minute. I was sad a little bit that it wasn't Neil, but I will also say, even though I I still feel like Swanfire was the pairing that I preferred, this was the first time in in the episodes where by the end of the two episodes, I really felt like Hook and Emma did have more of, a connection. I didn't feel like it was being, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but in previous episodes, like, I felt like they had a lot of physical chemistry, but I didn't really feel like they had a connection. I actually felt like they kind of got on and took a little step forward by the end of the the episode. Yeah, okay. So... (laughs) I have to begrudgingly agree with you, actually. I don't (laughs) like having to do that, but I did feel like, I felt that this time out, when I was watching him, I was like, well, he is trying hard, I guess. Like, (laughs) it's okay. Like, I understand it more now, I guess, but I still think that I just, me personally, I just feel like she had more chemistry with Neil. I just don't think they got the chance to develop that as much as they could have. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I still right. feel that way. I'm not, I do agree that they have chemistry, and I think that they are an interesting couple, but uh-huh. I want there to be more drama in the road. And I still think that it would have been totally cute if Hook had hooked up. You know, had, if he had hooked up with Tinkerbell, that would have been just perfect. I think that they you know, would have been a better pairing. But that's just me. You know, that's just me. I still think that, you know, they're a cute enough couple, but eh, I just, eh, not, not to my taste. 
I was telling you, I'll fly Swan. And, okay, maybe Neil is dead. Okay, we finished the season. Nobody else died. Neil is dead. Okay, great. That's fantastic. Moving on. Um, I will fly my <laughs> Swan Fire flag until the end of the show, frankly. Like, the, in my head, there's, like, the next few seasons of Once Upon a Time have already been written. I already know how my version of the story ends. It's good. I'm happy with it. It's okay. So I'll see what Adam, what Adam and Eddie have to say about theirs. So, um... Snow grapples her way into Midas's castle, and she tries to find the ring. And then Regina arrives, and she brings knights as her guests, because she would. And I just want to say that it's a good thing that she got invited, because it's not like, you know, with Maleficent when you don't invite her to a party. Yes. That's what I was thinking, I too. It was, see, it was very much Maleficent. Sleeping, I still want to see Sleeping Beauty and Maleficent on the show. Why haven't we seen it yet? Why? Where? I need more Maleficent. I'm hoping now that True Blood is, this is its final season, it'll free up uh, Kristen Bauer von Stratton, who played Maleficent, and maybe we can get her back in there. So I would love to see more of that. She could have been, she could have, hopefully she'll be on season four, like, at least for the second half. Um, Anyway, so... Emma wonders where Charming is, and Charming is upstairs, where he sees Snow with the ring, and he tries to stop her, and they repeat the same dialogue and situation from the pilot, where he says, you're a girl, and she's like, woman, and then she hits him with a jewelry Whack. box. Before she, yep, gives him his car, jumps out the window. Abigail sees her, though. She sounds the alarm. You know, some archers come out. They try to shoot Snow White. Emma stops them. She finds the ring and tries to leave. But then she gets stopped by Regina's guards, and she comes face-to-face with Regina, who orders her taken prisoner as Hook watches, and that was the end of the first hour. (laughs) Poor Emma, going to the the dungeon. Well, you know, as, um, as was pointed out on the Internet, Regina was nice enough to allow her a change of clothes before she threw her in the dungeon. Uh, yeah. But so the actual last episode, there's no place like home. The second hour of this movie starts out with a title credit. There was a quick credit with a swan, <clears throat> a swan, yeah. and then also the the O and once kind of look like a mirror a little bit. So mm-hmm. yeah. And we see, and it starts out in Portland, 2001, with young Emma and Neil, and this is just after you know, the flashbacks that we saw in Tallahassee, like the first one when she first met him when she sold the car. He takes her to an amusement park, and they he breaks in using a little trick. He breaks in, and they ride the swings. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the blue light or something. I don't know. But they reminded me of Emma's mobile. Yeah, it did. I didn't even think about that. It did have that blue tinge to it. Which, speaking of the mobile, I'm really disappointed that that didn't play any kind of part in anything in the season because not only did Emma mention it at the start of the whole, you know, in going home, but also they put they put the unicorns from her mobile in that three-panel poster that they released. So I'm a little disappointed that there wasn't more to that. I'm also disappointed that the Silver Slippers didn't come back into play in the finale either. Mm. Or Dorothy. I thought for sure we'd see some kind of either Zelina pop back in or something about Dorothy or the slippers. 
And I was really surprised that we didn't. Hello. I guess they always have that lore to kind of hold on to for another future season because there's so much that they could do with it. We talked before about how we felt like they really could have put the Oz history into a couple of episodes because there was so much stuff. Yeah, but even with that being the case, you don't put an Easter egg like that, an Easter egg out like that, knowing that there are eagle-eyed, you know, monsters out there looking for stuff like that and then not, mm-hmm. you know, not bring it forward. Part of the show, part of the fun of the show is looking for the Easter eggs from all the fairy tales that we know. So it's a little right. like, why did you put it there if they weren't going to, if the unicorns didn't come back into play? I don't get it. So let me see. Um, but anyways, Emma asks Neil what his story is, and he tells her vague details about his life and what his home was like. And then he says, that's how you know you've really got a home. When you leave it, there's this feeling you can't shake. You just miss it, which plays back to what Emma said to Hook, and that's when, you you know, it comes full circle and you realize that Emma feels that way because of what Neil had said. And and honestly, it was that. It was that move that they used of kind of, it's almost like Neil giving his blessing in a way. Like, that's how it seemed to me. Uh-huh. Even though he's not really there. Like, Emma, like, he told her to find Tallahassee with somebody else you know, and the whole feeling of home, like, really, as much, here's how I feel, as much as Neil, or as much as Henry was responsible for bringing Emma home and, you know, getting her to find her home, I think that Neil was equally responsible, because if he hadn't said that to her, she wouldn't feel that way. Like, a lot of things, a lot of the, oh, now I see it, a lot of the decisions that she's making right now are based off of things that she learned from Neil. Oh, oh. Yeah. And Neil was very much like her when they met. I think he was probably one of the first or even the first really, like, kindred spirit that she ever let herself get close to. I mean, she had, you know, it's just I really love the whole bond between the two of them. And I do feel like you do, that he, she learned a lot of these things, even if she didn't realize them until later on that she learned a lot of these things from him and from her relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So then back in the present, well, in the present for Emma, which is also the past, Emma is put in a cell next to Maid Marian, who tells her that they're going to be executed the next day. Meanwhile, we we see the same moment when Charming catches snow in the net from Snow Falls, only it's a little bit different because Hook comes out. And he's like, lovely ball the other night. Mutton was a tad of a coach, but that happens. Like, great line. Hilarious. And, since, and then, um, you know, he basically says that, um, you know, his princess, Princess Leia, has the ring, and they need to go rescue her from the castle. So later on, Snow and Charming are in a wagon, and Charming, you know, takes her dark fairy dust. And they kind of repeat their conversation about Snow ruining Regina's life and, you know, everything from mm-hmm. Snow Falls, just a different setting. Okay. Regina even asked this question later on. Where did the dark fairy dust come from? Where? Huh. The only dark fairy that I know of is Maleficent. So if that's the case, then, why, then that better mean that she is going to be in season four. And if not, then why not? Why not? Where is Maleficent? I don't. The movie is coming out later this month. Where the hell is she? Seriously. 
it. Oh, you're so funny. So then, uh, so then Charming and Hook, you know, discuss his impending marriage to Abigail and how it's essentially a business transaction. And Charming questions whether or not true love is real. And Hook says he used to feel the same way until he met the right person. And Charming says, Princess Leia, the one that we're rescuing? Dude, Amy, every time they said Princess Leia, I cracked up. I really did. Me too. I thought it was funny. And I think it's hilarious because Disney owns, you know, Lucasfilm, Star Wars now, so they can, you know, throw those character names around. I thought it was awesome. And I'm a huge Star Wars nerd anyway, so I was excited as heck when I heard them uh, use that. I just want to say really quick, because everyone is talking about the Blackberry in the chat room, I remember that the Blackberry was there, but that is some, that is a total creation of Adam and Eddie's. I'm just talking uh-huh. about as far as, like, story characters, like, the only dark fairy that we know of is Maleficent. Like, there isn't any other one. The Blackberry, we don't even know who the Blackberry is. Maleficent could be the Blackberry. So we don't even know. They could be the same person. So I'm just saying. That's all I, that's all I meant to say to that. Anyway. So then Hook later on, you know, Hook confirms that, you know, Princess Leia is the one that he's talking about. And he says he would go to the ends of the earth for her, but isn't sure that she'd do the same thing. And he says he's not sure that her parents approve of him, which I did laugh at that, to be honest. And then Charming says, well, given the life you found to save her, they'd be crazy not to. And then Hook is like, I hope you remember that. It's funny. Yes, exactly. It was cute. It was funny. Oh my God! If they mention Yoda, I don't think I don't think I can handle it. Somebody in the chat room just said they want to see Yoda mentioned. Maybe Henry will say yeah. Yoda or something. So then later on, Red shows. Hey, Red! Red was back in this episode. Can I just say how happy I was that Red was back? I'm so happy that Red was back. Oh my God, Amy Red was back. Were you happy that Red was back? I was. I love Megan, and unfortunately, her new show. Well, fortunate for us, unfortunate for her. Uh, her show Intelligence was not picked up for a second season, so maybe this means that we'll be getting more Red in season four because I I really Hopefully. love Red a lot. Hope so. Me too. Hey, Megan Megan Ory is a great actress. She really is. Um, and she's what gorgeous. She did oh my god, she's gorgeous. That too. But yeah, she's a she's a really great actress, and I really just like her work. Like I could just watch her act in a scene, doesn't matter what it is, because I just feel that she's got the chops. So yeah. Um, anyways, uh, then, yeah, she shows up to help them get into Regina's castle, and then in the, in the dungeon, you know, Emma and Marion are discussing Snowing's wedding ring and how being away from your family is a terrible thing, and Emma agrees, sadly, and she says if her mom was there, she'd tell her to have hope, and then Emma sees the spoon that has wires on it, and she uses the same one for Marion, and she uses the trick that Neil used to get them into the amusement park in the flashback, to to get them out of jail, basically. So then Charming Hook and Red, and, and Marion tells her to go. So Charming Hook and Red go into the tunnels beneath Regina's castle, and they find Emma and Marion there. So Emma freed Marion instead of leaving. And then Hook says, Swan, what the hell are you doing? You're depriving me of a dashing <laughs> rescue. Emma, and Emma says that my, the best thing that she has ever said on the show, she said, sorry, the only one who saves me is me. Damn right, yes. Swan girl. Go ahead, go ahead. I love that line. I thought it was so good. She was rescuing herself. It was awesome. No need a man rescuing her. Ain't nobody got time for that. All right. So, 
So then her questions her about seeing Marion, and Emma tells them she, you know, she couldn't leave her there to die. And then they leave to get to Snow White, who has broken into Regina's room to turn her into a bug. And I just want to say that only in this scene did I really understand how boring living in the Enchanted Forest must actually be, because the only form of entertainment that Regina has right now is to sit around staring at an apple. They have no television. Like, really, there is no Netflix in the Enchanted Forest. So that has to be one of the most boring places to live, because what, what are you going to do? It's no wonder she has so many fancy clothes. Girl has nothing else to do but play closet. It's true, but really, I mean, how fun would that be <laughs> to have that wardrobe? I'd have a ball every night. <laughs> Seriously. Like, no, it's no wonder everyone is dancing it up all the time. They ain't got nothing else to do. That's why they do it. <laughs> anyway. So then Regina stops Snow from using the dark fairy dust, and she tells her that she's surprised that she would sneak back into her own home, into her own home. but then she says, then again, I guess you were dumb enough to lose it. And Snow tells her not to come any closer. Regina asks her if she thinks she's afraid of fairy dust, but this is dark fairy dust. And so Regina stops. Snow says that she'll step on Regina, and Regina says that Snow doesn't have it in her. And then the way that she goes, Snow White, like the way she said her name in that scene, oh. She was so... I, because, I mean, watching her, yet we have to remember, this is way back, like, during season one for that character arc. So she was still just absolutely chock full of hatred for Snow. Oh, my God. Rose just said in the chat room she was getting ready to try on Emma's red dress as soon as she knew no one was watching. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh, my God. I love it. So, yeah. um, God, that's so funny. So then, uh, but anyways, I love the way that Lana Priya delivered the way that she said Snow White's name, it was just so vicious. And with the eyebrow and just a snarl and everything, it was just totally evil. I loved it. Um, yeah. Snow White throws the dust. Regina stops it. You know, she says, dark magic is my strong suit, not yours. And she calls the guards, and Snow says that it was a mistake. She didn't know that telling Cora about Daniel would mean that Cora would stop Regina's marriage because she was a child. And it struck me. I was like, oh, my God, at this point, an apple red as blood hasn't happened yet. So Snow still thinks that Daniel is alive and just left Regina. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. She doesn't know that he, that Cora killed him. Yeah, so sad. And then Regina's like, you're, you're a child who didn't learn the most basic lesson. All actions have consequences, which, of course, mm-hmm. comes into play later on. And then Snow says that Regina can kill her, but the kingdom will never be hers, and Regina orders her to death that night, and oh, oh my. So then we get the scene that was honestly a little disturbing to me. Um, Snow White was taken to the stake as Red and Emma and Marion and Hook and Charming are up in the castle, and they come to a window overlooking the courtyard. And Emma says, did you find Snow? And again, she's calling him by her name. And they see her on the, and Regina throws the fireball. And even though we do see Snow White's hands move briefly, so you kind of know something might be up, the pyre that she's on is just, like, engulfed in flames immediately. And Emma is heartbroken. And I honestly did have a moment where I'm like, even, I was like, okay, I know they didn't just kill Snow White, but really? Yeah. It was pretty dark. I mean, I I knew, obviously, that, she probably was not going to be dead because that would be just slow. But yeah, that was that was uh, 
a, a burning Snow White was pretty, pretty dark for the show. Yeah, I mean, it is, and this poor is Emma, oh, my God. Oh, my God, her reaction. Oh, oh, I wanted to hug her. So sad. Hug a swan. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, Virginia is happy and everyone's reacting, and Hook and Emma are later at a fire, and she's all upset, but then she questions how she's still there if Snow died, and they realize that Snow must still be alive and they need to find her, and the whole while there's a bug that keeps flying by, and then it lands on Emma's arm. And Hook is about to smash him when Charming stops him, and he says that Snow told him that the Dark Fairy Deaths would turn Regina into a bug, and they realize that the bug is Snow White. And I just want to say, the bug was a ladybug. And what color are ladybugs? Ladybugs are black, red, and white. So cute. Of course, yeah, ladybugs are black, red, and white. And I wrote an article for Once Upon a Fan talking about how those colors are more significant to Snow White than yellow, blue, and red, like the Disney version, because the original Mm -hmm. version of the show talks about, you know, lips red as blood, hair black as night, skin white as snow. So those three colors are actually Snow White's colors. So the fact that she turned into a ladybug makes complete sense. And I was tickled by it because I was like, ha, ha, ha. Like, I said that. Uh, (laughs) I was tickled. So the ladybug is making noise, and Emma hears it, and Hook is like, wonderful. Anyone fluent in bugs? And Blue shows up. Blue, and she asks who Emma is. And Emma's like, Leia. And Blue knows that she's lying, but says that her secrets can be her own because she senses that it's better that way. So then she changes Snow back, and Emma is, like, ecstatic. And she's like, you're alive, and she hugs her all tight. And Snow obviously has no idea who she is, and she's all surprised, and is just kind of like, thank you, and then just turns away from her. Yeah, I and then, hugs Red. Yeah, yeah, and Emma's hurt. She's totally hurt. So the next day at their camp, Snow thanks Charming for saving her, and he says it was the honorable thing to do. And she offers to fill his canteen, and then, you know, they kind of leave. Emma's watching, and she's happy that they're warming up to each other. But Hook is all concerned about Marion. And, you know, if she – and he said – he's like – what do you say? He's like the, – uh, oh you don't know the effect her presence will have on the forest. And Emma says she's just a sweet, innocent woman. And Hook goes – what if she has a child who is a mass murderer or she gets tipsy one night and rides her horse into one of the dwarves and there's only six of them? Who knows? Yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, oh my God. I laughed. Hilarious. Yeah. And then he says that, you know, Mary doesn't belong there and Emma says that they'll take her with them to the future because, yeah, that totally makes all of the sense, Emma. So <laughs> they go over to Mary and they tell her about the future and tell her that her family has to think that she's dead like they always did. But she tries to leave, so they knock her out. And it was like, well, I guess we're kidnapping you. And then Charming arrives, and he asks what's up with Marion. And she's like, oh, she's, not, she's nothing. What's up? Charming asks if they see snow, and he realizes that she took his ring and is on her way to Blackbeard, you know, to sail away from Regina, and she's going to use the troll bridge to get there. So Emma is freaked and tell, tells Hook that Snow used a fairy dust to defeat the trolls, and he realizes that she already used it on herself, so they got to go. And then we see the same scene from Snow Falls, but slightly different, where Snow is, you know, threatening the trolls with the dark fairy dust, only instead of using it, she threatens them with it, and then they let Charming go. So Charming says that she saved him, and she says it was, you know, she shows him that it was really sand and that it was the honorable thing to do. And then they leave... 
and Hook and Emma are hiding, and they're watching the moment where Snow tries on the ring. And it's so cute. Like, I love Emma it. gets all, oh, my gosh, because she gets all teary-eyed, and she's crying from happiness, and Hook's like, it's okay, Swan. Not everyone gets the chance to watch their parents fall in love. And it's like, oh, my God, like, she just got to, she just got to watch. She just got to watch. Oh, oh. I loved all of the scenes that even though they were happening in a different way, they still had the same dialogue and, you know, from Snow Falls, which is why I'm really excited that we're watching that first for the rewatch because that was one of the things I loved most about the season finale was that we got to see the same dialogue and eventually the same outcome, but in a in a different way. It's like just fate still managed to happen with a little nudge and you know, they, they still got to where they needed to be. Yeah, it was good. It was really sweet. I really liked when Emma got to watch that. It was just awesome. So, you know, then they you know, Hook and Hook uh, I almost said Hook and Charming. Charming and Snow <laughs> walk away from each other. And Hook is all concerned that they're leaving, and Emma's like, you know, it's okay. That's how it happened the first time. And it took her parents a while to accept their feelings. And then Emma checks the book, and, you know, the snowing story has returned to the book. So, you know. So they know all is well. All is well. So then back in Regina's palace, she's wearing that red dress from, uh, I think it's The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. Mm, and if not, yes. better because that dress is yowza. <laughs> she has all the yowza dresses. There was a lot of cleavage in this episode. Can I just throw that out there right now? <laughs> all kinds of cleavage. You know, her best asset, so you know. She, um, in the palace, she has turned a troll into a bug and she kills him. She orders a soldier to find Snow White. And then Emma, Hook, and Marion arrive at Rumpel's castle. He tells them that he can't reopen the portal. And he reveals that he was working on a forgetting potion to forget the past, or excuse me, to forget the details of the future. And Emma asks him about the wand. And Rumpel says that only those who use the portal can reopen it, so unless she can wield magic, they're going nowhere. And he throws the wand at her, the Black Mary's wand. And then Rumpel tells him that he's putting them in the place that he puts magic that's too dark or unpredictable even for him, and he poofs them down to his vault. I love that this, I did not realize the first time I watched this, like I didn't make the connection in my head that the place he poofed them to was the same dark vault that when they brought him back to life, a few episodes back that he came out of. Like, because up until this point, when Rumble was brought back to life, we had not heard of the Dark One's vault. So we, we, we never got to see inside it before when they brought him back to life. So we just saw him ooze up out of it like a puddle of molten dark chocolate. And now we're actually seeing what's inside the, the Dark Vault, all the magic and things that even Rumple is either terrified of or doesn't know how to control. So I thought that that was really interesting when I was rewatching.
Right, can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you now. God, stupid folks. Okay, so I didn't realize that the vault that the vault was the same place. I didn't I didn't realize that. All right. So um, they're down in the vault, and Hook is, you know, he's happy that in return of his devilish good looks because he looks in the mirror and they don't have the glamour spell on them anymore that they had earlier. And he takes the jar out of the cupboard, and Emma freaks and tells him to put it down. And he says, you know, they just, like they're trying to escape, whatever. And Emma says that they can't use magic, and he tells her that she can, and she says that she lost it. And he says otherwise, basically. And Emma asks Hook if he thinks that she's faking it, and he basically tells her that it's easier for her to go to New York if she says she doesn't have any magic. And then it's time for her to stop running, you know, and just go home. And she agrees, and he asks her what changed her mind, and she says, that, you know, it was watching her mother die. And she talks about how she thought Snow was dead and, you know, was so relieved when she was okay, and she, was, she hugged her, and there was nothing in Snow's eyes. She didn't know who she was. There was no recognition. And, you know, Emma had saved her and lost her too, and, you know, that's what she's been doing to Snow ever since she met her, basically. And um, she says that she didn't see what Henry was doing when he brought her to Storybrooke. He wasn't bringing her back to break the curse. He was bringing her home, and she's never missed her parents more than she does right now. Hmm. And, oh, my God. Oh. I loved this scene. I thought it was so good, and I loved Emma's getting to this revelation and I love that like similar to Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz she kind of had the power you know she had the power to go home quote unquote all along so when Dorothy realized that that's when she was able to click her heels together Glenda told her how it worked and she went home and the Wizard of Oz stories in the movie and then in Once Upon a Time the finale Emma realizes that she had you know as soon as she realizes where home is and the tech, well, you know, there's no place like home, she suddenly has the power to to get herself home again. I love that. Yeah. Sigh. Like, I was like, finally. Finally. I just want Emma to be happy. Like, <laughs> that's all. Like, I was so stoked. So, yeah. Um, she uses the wand, opens the portal, and they go through. And here's the part that I loved. When Hook takes Marion through the portal, Rumpel appears before Emma goes through. Uh, and he asks her, he asks her if Balefire forgives him or not. She tells him he forgives him. And he's like, you know, but what? And she's like, but he dies. And he has on his face, and she's like, he, you know. He died to save all of us. Don't let that be in vain. And Rumpel says that he can change the future, and Emma says he might make it worse. And she goes, I loved him too. I wanted to save him. He died a hero. You can't take that away from him. And then, oh, my God, Amy, that scene. Oh. I loved it too, except for Emma's reasoning only. I mean, she's telling him this, and yet she just saved Marion and is taking her to the future. I'm like, Emma. Take your own advice. But, yeah, I thought that it was so good, especially when she said, you know, she was crying and she said, I loved him too. You know, you, you, I still, uh, you guys know how I feel. I feel like they had a really good bond and, and it was great. But I was like, come on. So, 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 
break poor Ruffles' heart. He was so, I don't know, so desperate in that moment because he knew he was going to find his son and lose his son again. Yeah. So he had to make that decision. But that that scene was also heartbreaking. Yeah, I agree. It was. I mean, it made me think of Manhattan, actually. Mm, yeah. That like when they had their confrontation, and she he kept telling her to, you know, tell him the truth about whether or not he had found his son. Like it totally reminded me of the episode Manhattan. Right. So then, yeah, Rumpel drinks the potion and he throws Emma through the portal, and then it closes, and he's like. He picks up the wand and he's like, what the hell am I doing in here? And then he just vanishes, just poof, <laughs> gone. That was my favorite line of the entire finale. I laughed so hard when he said that. Because he was like, I mean, he had gone from being heartbroken and he took that potion and all of a sudden he's like, what the hell? So, yeah, I loved it. Love, love, love that. It was so funny. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. I I like how he just kind of vanished because it reminded me of the of um when he when he was in Zelina's cell, he was he was there and then he wasn't there, just boom, like instantly, no proofing, no smoke, no nothing. He just vanished. I loved it. Mm. Um, so then Emma and Hook and Marion come through the portal, and the jar and after the portal closes, the jar from Rumpel's vault is visible back on the floor. <laughs> Same jar that that, uh, Hook picked up there. Okay, that jar there. Yeah, that one, that one. You know, that one. So then Uh Emma makes her way to Gravity, and she hugs her family. And Charming says they were worried when she didn't answer her phone, and Emma says it's okay. And they ask where she was, and she says, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm home. And then they ask her if she's, you know, serious about or she's leaving, and Emma says if they're staying, this is where their family is. And then she looks at her parents, and she says, Mom, Dad, I missed you. And hugs them. Mm. Yeah, I love that she called them mom and dad. Feels. Not Mary, Margaret, and David. Yeah, the feels. All of them. All of the feels. Yeah. <laughs> so, later on, they're looking in the storybook, and they see Emma in the book now. And so it's like, wait, you're Princess Leia? And, you know, they're yes. having a laugh about it. And <laughs> Snow is saying how, you know, a, dis, you know, a princess at last. And then Emma asks, you know, about the baby's name and what it is. And Charming and Snow announce, uh, oh, God, that he's named Neil. And there's that moment where, like, Snow and Rumpel look at each other, and he gets all emotional right afterwards, and he closes his eyes and he looks down. Mm-hmm. Oh, my I like that he gracious. kind of gave almost like a little nod of the head, you know, right before yeah, like that when Snow said it. Like, yeah, like he approved that, I don't know, it was silent, but I felt like that was one of the most powerful, like, two seconds right there, even though, you know, there was no dialogue or anything, just that one little motion that he approved of that and that it meant something to him I thought was great. Yeah, I agree. Um Emma is obviously, you know, she's affected by it, too. And then, you know, Emma touches the baby, and she goes out to talk to Hook. And they talk, and she calls him Killian and thanks him for coming to her in New York, and she asks how he got away from the curse. And he says he used Jolly Roger to outrun it. 
And then he says that he knew that the walls between worlds were down, and he just needed a magic bean, which he traded his ship for. Okay. I have a question. A huge, gaping, plot hole-sized question. Oh. If, if that... Okay. <laughs> if, if... How... Okay. If the curse <laughs> took everyone back to Storybrooke, and there was no magic Korra bubble shield to protect anyone this time, then exactly who did Hook trade his ship to for Uh. the magic beam? Because if the curse took everyone, then the only person left should have been Hook. Uh. I I am confused. Like, I know, and it was in the chat room. He did say I know he, he outran it, but where did he go? Like, does the curse like only outran- stretch? Right, like, he said that he outran it, but then after he outran it, he traded the Jolly Roger for a magic bean. Well, how could he trade yeah. it to somebody if the curse had already came through and taken everyone back to Storybrooke? Hmm. Another two episodes to answer that one. No, you know what they should have been? Like, the answer was staring them right in the face. He should have just said, Ariel, swam me here, yo. Like, that was, could have been it. Like, <laughs> I hit you right on a rabbit. No big deal. I like, found a rabbit. <laughs> Well, I don't know well, if Andrew, I hitched a ride on a redhead would have scored him any points with Emma. <laughs> or well, And Angie is saying in the chat room that there were people outside the reach of the curse. Well, who? Who had a magic bean? Like, who was it? I'm so confused. Like, <laughs> there weren't supposed to be any of them left. Like, I don't Maybe understand. Maybe Tiny I'm was so back confused. at the top of the uh, beanstalk. <laughs> and... I don't know, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe maybe Tiny was back at the top of the beanstalk, and so the curse can only go, I don't know, let's say 100 feet high. I don't There are parameters. Curse <laughs> has a very specific. Because it, it stretched over the bubble that Cora made in, the, in season two. I'm so confused by this. Like, hmm. I am so confused by this. I really hope that they find a way to explain this. Like, they need to pull some major character action out of their hats about that magic bean. I'm telling you. I hope it was like Ursula. The, I would like to, since she's like, you know, all-powerful and under the sea, I would really like to, you know, and he, you know, was it was a ship thing. Or maybe Davy Jones. I so badly, when they were showing his brother Liam, in a past episode, I so badly was waiting for them to say that his brother's first name was David so that he could then die and be Davy Jones. But they ended up making his name Liam. So my poor heart was broken and uh, yet another theory out the door. So I don't know. I hope maybe he traded it with Ursula or something. That would be interesting. We should ask Adam. You should write that down. Ask Adam that. Who did he trade Sabine with? Or his dad could be Davy Jones. Yeah, Sarah mentioned the dad that abandoned him. I thought about that, too. When they said it wasn't Liam, I was like, okay, this man's dad has better turf. Because his last name is Jones. I mean, you cannot pass up the opportunity to make Captain Hook, Killian Jones, has the same last name, be related to Davy Jones. It's just too good. Come on. Adam, Eddie, throw out here. 
Yeah, I'm confused. I'm, I am writing that question down, as a matter of fact, because I am confused. Um, so let me see. Um, then, then Emma starts to kiss Hook. Oh, yeah. Okay. All the right. Of a smooch <laughs> is a boat. Yeah. It's yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> that. I'm sorry. That's just a ship that I I just it was no. I just I have nothing to say. So um. I, yay, yay for Captain people who like Captain Swan. I'm very happy that everyone got their, what, you know, what they wanted because it pleased a bunch of people. I'm just not one of them. But I'm glad that everybody else got at least some satisfaction out of that. So if somebody's happy, then okay, cool. So then we see the Rumbell wedding and Belle's super, super cute dress and hat. Oh, my good gravy. Oh, my I God. I love the hat. I saw so many people complaining that they didn't like the, the little hat and the outfit, but I thought it was adorable. I thought it was so cute. The hat, it was very, you know, old-fashioned, traditional kind of, you know, that whole flapper feel thing to it. I thought it was adorable. I agree. I love the whole flapper. Okay. I love the flapper girl look. Sorry, I'm getting messages in the middle of talking here. So then the vows during the wedding I thought were fantastic. I thought they were beautiful. Um, When she talks about how she's lost Rumpel so many times, but then she realizes that she hasn't spent her life losing him. She spent her life finding him, and we see snowing with the baby, you know, and Emma and Hook are totally making out all gross. And then Rumpel talks about being (laughs) unloved and then and and unloving and being an enemy to love because love had always brought him pain. And now his walls were up, but she brought them down. Um, you know, and then at the same time, we see Emma and Hook kissing, which is totally like, you know, um, like what Hook had just said about how the walls were down between worlds, like that's like, and then Rumpel talked about how the walls came down, like, you know, they're playing off of each other there. Ha oh, okay, cool. So then, you know, he talks about how Bella brought him home and brought light to the darkness, and we see Regina with Robin and Roland, and I have to say those three make the perfect family because it's three R names, Regina, Robin, Roland. Anyways, Aww. I love it. Um and he talks about how he'll never forget the distance between who he was and who he is and how he doesn't know how she sees, you know, to underneath the monster to love the man beneath. And then, you know, she says, sometimes the best book has the dustiest jacket and sometimes the best teacup is a little chip. Oh, my God. If I was never a run before, I was after that. Yes. She had the best vows. I thought it was really precious. I was so glad they mentioned the teacup, the chip cup, and the fact the whole book thing and the dusty jacket I thought was perfect. perfect. I mean, everything, because storybooks, the library, her love of books, but, yeah, I thought it was adorable. She Beauty and the Beast, yeah, it's, yeah. Love, 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 love the vowels. I thought they were precious. And then after that, Regina and Robin and Roland, they, <laughs> Regina, Robin and Roland, they arrive at <laughs> Granny's and they kiss happily before they go in. And then Marion is at a table and she sees Regina and she freaked out. 
So Emma goes over to her and tells her that Regina's not evil anymore. And then she says... And then, you know... Yeah, she, she just wants she, her to come over and meet her and, you know, show her you're a, you're a nice lady now, basically. Jasmine yeah, just freaking Mary. Yeah, me too. That's how I feel. Yeah, she brought someone from the past, and she wants to introduce them so that Marion won't be freaked out. And then Marion comes over, and Robin sees her, and they're reunited. Good job, Emma Swan. And then Regina is just, like, floored, and she looks at Emma, and she's like, you? You did this? And Emma says that she just wanted to save Marion's life. And then Regina says, you're just like your mother, never thinking of consequences. And she says, I didn't know. And Regina says, of course you didn't. You better just hope to hell you didn't bring anything else back. <laughs> okay, can I, can I just say in that moment, Emma, what is your problem? What is your problem? Why did you, why, just, just why? Like, you have now, oh, I can't, oh, my God, I can't even. <laughs> I was none too it's happy not- with Emma in that moment. <laughs> It's too much. It's too much. Like, girl, you of all people should know not to leave a trailer so that you're a bail bond person. Like, you should know better than to do anything like that. Girl, what are you thinking? Like, and not only that, not only that, but Emma has actually seen Back to the Future. She should know better. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Bad Emma. Poor Regina. She was, like, almost too devastated for words. I was just like, this woman cannot catch a break at this point. Like, oh, my good gravy. Like, oh. That's exactly what I posted on Twitter. I was like, can can my girl please catch a break? I mean, poor Regina. Oh, my God. I felt so bad for her, and I wanted to – socket but in the nose I was like oh my god because she almost had that happiness of course now this is going to make for really great TV of course in season 4 because we're going to have this conflict but ah, I was like Emma eventually eventually, though the universe is going to correct itself and Marion is going to die just like she was always supposed to that's the thing right Eventually, she's going to die. Like, that's, there's no, I have no question about that. She will die eventually. Like, it's just a matter of how. And right. then it's going to be even more tragic because then Robin is just going to boss Marion again. And who knows if mm-hmm. he's going to be able to, like, go to Regina or not. And, oh, my God, I just can't even, I can't even handle it. That, I just, oh, that was a plot point that I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? I don't know how they're going to come back from this one. Oh. And I agree with Jasmine in the chat room. Marion needs to go. Like she, she doesn't need to die, but she needs to go. She needs to be out of there. Like she is in at this point, she's in the way of true love. She gotta go. So, mm-hmm. um, after Regina says, "You better just hope to hell you didn't bring anything else back," we go back to the farmhouse, and the jar that Hook had, you know, touched in Rumpel's vault and brought out of the case, and that had landed out, you know, gone through the portal and landed in the farmhouse with them and was sitting there in the background of the scene earlier when they came out of the portal. It opens, and a blue liquid pours out into the compass that Rumpel and Zelina had carved into the ground in the farmhouse, okay, and like the warehouse thing. And it fills the compass, and then at one point, you know, all the liquid starts to go into the center and kind of rise up. 
and at a mo- for a moment it looks kind of like a snowflake. And then it solidifies into Elsa from Frozen, who takes her magic and lets it go as she destroys the jar vase thing that she was just held captive in, and then struts her stuff out of that farmhouse with a trail of frozen ground beneath her feet. And that is how mm. it ended. Oh, my God, not. Elsa and Frozen are coming to Once Upon a Time. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I was like, I, I was literally speechless. I had no idea. It wasn't even something that was being hinted at or discussed, like, you know, on Twitter and the, in the, among the fandom. And I read later that Adam and Eddie said there was an alternate ending with a different villain, and that's how they were able to keep it such a great secret because, they, but they won't say who the alternate ending was because it's a villain they want to bring in in the future. So, I, I mean, I was shocked, so shocked. Like, I almost fell off the bed shocked. I was super shocked. I, because I, you sent me the message on Facebook that said, stay off social media, don't look at anything. Like, not who I thought oh, no, was coming. I didn't even send it. On Facebook, I sent you a text because I didn't want oh, you to have right. to get on Facebook to look at my message. Right. <laughs> I was like, do not go on Facebook or Twitter. And I, Sarah's asking who we thought the alternate ending was. Before all this happened, I thought it was going to end up being Jafar because I didn't see, yep. you know, because of Naveen Andrews, I really felt like they were going to want to bring him over, especially since we had heard that the Knave was joining um, for the for next season. So I thought for sure that it was going to be like Jafar. That, and it was a bottle. So I was like, I also found it interesting that Elsa was something that Rumpel was terrified of that he kept in his vault full of things of, you know, horrible, terrible magic and scary stuff. So I think that's going to bode very interesting for next season as well. Yeah, I also thought it was going to be Jafar, um, or I actually kind of, I kind of thought that since they had been emphasizing the whole dark fairy dust thing, that Maleficent was going to be the one. Um, I was, I was mm. kind of expecting to be like, um, kind of like a crack in the ground or something, like maybe like you know the, I don't know, like I don't know what I thought, but I thought that Maleficent was going to somehow like show up, like not as her dragon form, not as her dust zombie form that uh-huh. we've already seen before. Too. I just thought it was going to be Maleficent because she would be, because I'm, I thought, I'm assuming that Maleficent is the Black Fairy. I've always thought that ever since they mentioned her um, in the Neverland storyline. I've always assumed that that was the case. So I'm just waiting to see you know, what's going to happen with that. I also had assumed that maybe Zelina would have been the Black Fairy, like the Wicked Witch, but that didn't end up being the case either. So, I mean, that's okay. But, yeah. um, uh-huh. but that's originally what I had thought. Um, and then, yeah, that was that was the, the end of the episode. That's how the season ended. And now we have a long 18, maybe 19, 20 weeks until we have new shows again. So... As far as Frozen, like, and it, it seems pretty clear that they're going to be moving forward with, um, with the whole uh, 11 and 11 split thing. 
Um, I mean, I, I assume that they're going off of that model. They haven't actually announced that officially or not, but I assume that they're going to be doing that again next year. Um, and if they do that, then Frozen will obviously pick up, I would, I would think, you know, the first half of the storyline and then they'll move into something else for the second half. Or they could just do one big longer story and give themselves some more space and, and time to play with stuff. I don't know. Uh, we do have a little bit of news, though, as far as that goes. They are going to begin the casting process for Elsa in about two weeks, and that is according to Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis. They said in the interview that was published yesterday, I believe, or today, one of the two days, that, um, or even Sunday night maybe, that, um, that they're going to be taking a two-week break off, and then they are starting the casting process to find out who's going to actually play Elsa for, you know, that froze the storyline on Once Upon a Time. So I think that that's huge. Um, I think it's pretty significant that they're bringing Frozen to the show. I think that it's going to have a huge increase in viewership because Frozen is such a huge hit worldwide. The album still is the number one album in the country, uh, and the movie came out in November, and it's now May, and it's still the number one album. And the box office receipts and the fact that Disney has sold out of all for, pretty much all of their Frozen merchandise in a lot of stores and are having to work as fast as they can to get more. Like, this movie is huge. I do think it's going to bring a lot more people to Once Upon a Time, and I think that it's also going to lead to people watching past episodes again, you know, going through the seasons, because they're going to have to catch up to where we are now in order for anything to make sense. So right. um, I, I am kind of, you know, anticipating that, you know, to be happening. I can't wait to ask them about Frozen at Comic-Con. Oh, my gosh. I just realized right now on the podcast that I could ask them about that at Comic-Con. Holy smokes. That will be awesome. And I have to admit, when, I mean, when it was Elsa first, I was absolutely shocked. And then I was a little bit hesitant because my first thought was, I hope that they're not just putting that in there because obviously it's going to increase viewership because Frozen is huge. And as far you mentioned the stuff being sold out everywhere, I did not realize that that was entirely accurate. I thought that was kind of a, uh, you know, they were just an exaggeration. Well, I was visiting family out at a Disney hotel this weekend, and we stopped in the gift shop. Not a bit of Frozen stuff anywhere to be found at the hotel so yeah you can't find it but my fears were definitely put at ease because um i saw an interview with adam and eddie and it disney was not pushing them to put frozen in this is something the movie touched both their hearts it meant a lot to them and to their families about you know the character who's perceived as one thing but really is something else. And they had to pitch, you know, a storyline and get permission to use Elsa. So, I mean, they had to be very careful with it, and they had to really put their heart and their thoughts into what they were going to do with it. So I definitely feel like it's something that's going to be really well done as far as, you know, from how much prep they've already had to put in to just being able to use that character and the fact that they really wanted to do it because of how much the movie meant to both of their families. Yeah, that movie has really had an effect on a lot of people. It's funny. Um, uh, I will admit that my reaction at first, I was like, oh, my God, Elsa is coming. Like, here's pretty much my, my first reaction is, the rea- is still my feeling about it even, you know, two days later after the finale. 
oh, my God, I'm so excited that they're doing Frozen on Once Upon a Time. They just better not screw it up. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how I feel. I have faith that they can pull it off, but I also know that I have, you know, I mean, speaking honestly, I have been a little bit disappointed by some things that they've done on the show before and as far as underutilizing certain things and stuff like that. So um, I'm a little, ten- you know, hesitant, but I'm excited to see what they do for it nonetheless. My big question, of course, is that not only are we getting, you know, Elsa, but that also brings to mind the rest of the cast of Frozen, like Anna and Sven and Hans and Olaf. Like, how are they going to do Olaf the Snowman on Once Upon a Time? They either, he has to be alive. It can't be something with Lumiere where, like, you know, they just put a face on something and then that's it. Like, Olaf has to be alive, like a real thing walking around, because he loves warm hugs. Like, somebody has to give him a warm hug. And I also just want to say this, too. For anybody who is listening to this podcast, I have to say that I found something on Frozen the movie the other day that really just winds my knot. In the entire movie of Frozen, Olaf does not once get a warm hug. What? He doesn't get a hug. I don't remember a hug. I don't remember him. I don't remember him hugging Elsa. I don't remember him hugging Anna when she's in the room and she's basically dying. He didn't hug Sven. He didn't love, you know hug Hans. Olaf never got a hug. Hmm. I was just posting in the chat room my favorite line from that entire movie because I finally watched it. You guys, I broke down and watched it on demand on the TV. Um, they. My favorite line is, I don't even remember what they're talking about. They're talking about bones or something or somebody getting knocked in the skull. Or no, they're talking about her getting hit in the skull. And Olaf is, like, kind of devastated looking, and his eyes are all huge. And he's like, I don't have a skull or any bones. And I was like, I have been, like, randomly saying that line just all over the place. And my husband's like, oh, my God, you're a freak. So, you know yeah. what's funny? Is it, the line from Frozen that stands out to me that way is that she's trying to, like, climb the mountain, and she's, like, not getting very far, and then she falls, and she's like, wow, that was nuts. That was like a crazy trust exercise. Yes. <laughs> That's, that, okay. I don't know why, but every time I hear that, it cracks me up. It absolutely cracks me up. I don't know why, but it makes me laugh every time. Like, it's That's like a crazy funny. trust exercise. Like, it's, it is funny. And then, yeah, just all of it. It's just, Frozen is such a good movie. And here's the thing, though, right? Because here's the thing. At one point, like, okay, this is the time that they have to do, they, like, they need to pull a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and they need to do a musical episode. Because they have got to have everyone singing Let It Go. They've got to. Yeah, I think the song is too huge for them not to at least stick it in somewhere. Like, someone will be humming it, or it'll be on, you know, a commercial or something in the background, but I I feel like they're going to miss a golden opportunity, because even before I had seen the movie, that song was stuck in my head all the time. It's still stuck in my head. Between that and Do You Want to Build a Snowman, I don't know any of the words to Do You Want to Build a Snowman except for that line, but I've been randomly walking around and just throwing my own words in there, like, do you want to wash the dishes? You know, just random things, but I've got it stuck in my head. So the music for that is absolutely fabulous, and it definitely needs to make it into the show. 
I know all the words to it as well. Jasmine is saying that in the <laughs> chat room. Only you need to learn you on them. It's, do you want to build yes. a snowman? Come on, let's go and play. I never see you anymore. Come out the door. It's like you've gone away. Like, it's the best song, really. <laughs> it's just so cute. Like, although I have to say, I think that In Summer is my favorite one because I love a lot of snowmans like no other. Like, I... If I were an animated character, I would be Olaf. Like, that is who I am. Like, if anybody ever wondered about the essentials and the basics of who I am as a person, I am Olaf the Snowman. Like, Olaf the Snowman would be my Patronus if I had one. Seriously, he would be. Like, <laughs> oh. Okay, I, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, he is so cute. I love him so much. He's just so sweet. Oh, my God. I love, I need a stuffed Olaf. I do. I should be Olaf the I can't home. believe anyway, you don't have I, one. Yeah, I, yeah, well, you know, I got stuff too much. I'm too busy to go get an Olaf right now. But if anyone wants to get me one, I'll certainly take it. Um, but, yeah, Olaf. So that is pretty much it for the finale. God, what are, we, what are they going to do with Frozen? And then what are they going to do after Frozen? Who is this other villain that they have hidden? Oh, I want to know that. They said it's another Disney villain. They said that specifically. So... Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, oh, it would be cool if it was Cruella or Maleficent. Like, they could do Hades. And they call, like, when they said it, they specifically said it's, it's an iconic, they called it a Disney totem, which to me means it's one of the iconic villains, not like someone newer. So I'm right. thinking, I mean, I was thinking Maleficent, Jafar, Ursula, you know, those are the ones that, are, that stick out yeah. to me. Yeah, those those three and Cruella DeVille are the ones that come to mind immediately. Or, like, and she's not an icon or anything, but I would love them to do Madame Mim from The Sword in the Stone. Mm, yeah. She would be fabulous. Her and Merlin? Yes. Uh, yeah, where is Merlin? Where is Merlin and Yensid? Where are they? Where are the three good fairies from Sleeping Beauty? Where are they? Where are all of these people? Where are these characters? I know that they live right now in the land without cameras, but we need to get them into the land with cameras, please. Yes, I agree. So much good stuff. Like, I'm I want excited to start I... seeing the casting, though. Okay, so I want to see the casting, too. I want to speak really quickly about season three overall because, we basically watched the entire third season on this podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just want to talk overall about the entire season as a whole really quick. We only have about five minutes left, so I'll try to, you know, do it quickly here. I have to say that overall, I think that the Neverland story was better than the Oz story. Um, I think that of the two, I prefer Peter Pan as the villain because he was actually – he was creepy and disturbing, and, and on some level, I was actually kind of afraid of him. Like, he was a little bit frightening to me. Zelina was not frightening to me. She didn't really scare me that much. Rebecca Mater, Mater however you say her name, she, she had a great performance, and I love what she did with the character, but she was a little more campy for me than Wicked overall. Uh-huh. She did some wicked things. She had some wicked lines. She had some great delivery. But overall, I think I just prefer Peter Pan as the villain um, because I just – I wasn't scared of the Wicked Witch. I, was, I wasn't. I was I was never really scared of her. And I felt like 
here's kind of how I felt. I wish that they had gone kind of horror movie with it and a thing where they never really knew who she was or where she was. Like, I wish we hadn't actually seen the Wicked Witch for a few episodes. Um, uh-huh. And I wish it had been a thing where there was, like, you know, a tap on the door and they would go outside and look and there would be nobody there, but then maybe there would be, like, you know, an apple with, like, a worm in it or something. You know what I mean? Like, because there are apples in Oz, like, it's in the movie. So I really wish that they had kind of done more of a horror movie with the thing and made her a lot more mysterious and, like, real consequences. Like, as bad as it may sound, I wish that they had killed more people. Um, I wish that Zelina had actually been a threat and someone to contend with. Like, I wish that another character had had died only because it would have upped the stakes, I feel. Like, Neil dying was a major thing, but, I mean, that, I just, I, for me personally, I feel that that, that, that just wasn't enough. And I really wish that, as far as Oz goes, I wish that they had spread more of Zelina's backstory out and more with Dorothy and everything in Oz over a longer period of time over more episodes. I That's how I feel. Hmm. I liked both halves of the season. I felt like the Neverland arc and Peter Pan was definitely much darker and much more serious. I felt like the Oz half was a little more, like, you, it, it was a little campy. I loved Rebecca Matter, though. I think that she was fan-freaking-tastic as, Selena as the Wicked Witch. I never really felt sorry for her, you know, never really got to that sympathy level for her, but I felt like the things between her and Regina were fun. You know, I I felt like it was a great, fun last half of the season. I loved the Oz stuff. Oh, my God, I could have watched, like, five more episodes of just the Oz stuff and Dorothy and the whole thing, and I love, love, loved it. I like the arcs that Regina and Emma kind of took with their character growth, but I definitely agree that Peter Pan was the uh, father of the year, creepo, scariest kid ever. Definitely 100% agree. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited for Frozen. I'm very excited for the rewatch next week. I want to remind everybody in our last minute of the show here, actually our last 30 seconds, that next week we're going to be back at the same time, um, Tuesday, 5 o'clock. Um, I think we're going to do an hour and a half next week, but that may change. No, we're going to keep it an hour and a half. Um, we're going to be watching Snow Falls. So even though we just kind of watched it, go back and watch the original episode from Season 1 because we're going to be talking about that next week. We'll also have whatever the latest news comes up, if any, and uh, we'll be reminding everybody about the uh, conventions and everything else. That's pretty much it for the show. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night.